Are you wondering what foods are inflammatory and what foods are anti-inflammatory? Maybe you have some inflammation in your body and you want to learn how to eat healthy so that you can have less inflammation. Well, today I'm going to be talking all about foods that are anti-inflammatory and also those inflammatory ones so you can know what to avoid so that you can start to feel better. And before we get started today, I just want to encourage you about putting yourself first. So maybe you've been putting yourself on the back burner, saying yes to everyone else, and it's starting to catch up to you. Maybe sometimes you want to take care of yourself and you try things, but you never stick with them and you're just stuck. If you know you could use some extra support and accountability on your wellness journey, then I encourage you to set up a free call with me. On this call, we'll go over your goals and struggles and start to figure out why you're stuck and how we can get you to move forward. That way, we can start helping you to get past your obstacles and start saying yes to your health. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Healthy Beyond 40 show. I'm Michelle, mama four, a military wife. I have my doctorate in physical therapy, and I'm an online personal trainer, health coach, and yoga teacher. Do you wish that you had more energy and could get into shape? Do you feel like you're struggling to lose weight? Maybe you've tried a diet before, but it just wasn't sustainable, and now you don't know how to get started. We're gonna look at health holistically here, and most importantly, keep things simple and quick. If you're ready to develop healthier habits, exercise consistently, and lose weight sustainably without long workouts or following strict diets, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, I bring together my expertise with real life strategies. No magic pill here, so lace up those shoes and get moving. So let's dive into it today. I'm excited about this topic because a lot of times we're not even aware of what we're eating and we're not really being intentional about making sure that we're eating things that are going to reduce inflammation in our body. So most of us have inflammation and a lot of the chronic diseases that we have in our country come from chronic inflammation. So things like obesity, prediabetes, diabetes, heart disease, IBS, Crohn's, some cancers, arthritis, Alzheimer's, and so much more all have inflammation as part of them. So it's important that we start thinking about this before these diseases even happen. Or if they are happening, what can we do by what we're eating to reduce our inflammation? Because we're either paying for disease by choosing these unhealthier foods or these processed foods that are causing inflammation, or we're going to be paying for our health and preventing these. So my goal is to encourage and inspire you guys to really take your health into your own hands, to be your own advocate, because we have choices, what we eat, how we live. We can't control everything, but we do have a lot within our lifestyle that is within our control. So first, let's go over some inflammatory foods. So many of my clients that I work with don't even realize or have the knowledge of what foods are inflammatory or what that even means. But they notice that when they start eating better, that their body starts to feel better and that they have less aches and pains, even without taking a super specific approach. But when we start to switch to more whole foods and less processed foods, your body just starts to improve. You start to feel better. So some inflammatory foods, one are seed oils. So these are like the soybean oil, corn oil, 
If you read your salad dressing, it's probably one of those inflammatory oils in there. And the reason that they're inflammatory is because they contain omega-6. So the last few episodes, I've been talking about omega-3s and omega-6 and our balance. So these tend to be very inflammatory because they are really high in omega-6s. And we need a little omega-6. We don't need a lot. And these oils have just become cheap to produce. So they're easy to put in foods. And the next one goes along with this is fried food. And it's typically because fried food are done in these seed oils that are inflammatory and also through the cooking process makes them very inflammatory. Refined carbs. So thinking about our breads and sugars, typically a lot of those have been very processed. The labels of most bread have so many things that I don't even know what is in there. So I encourage you that if you are eating bread, look at the label and see what's in it. Make sure that you are choosing one that you know all of the ingredients and still it's gone through processing. So we don't want to be eating a ton of those. Sugar can be very inflammatory to our systems. I have quite a few episodes on sugar, but this increases that inflammatory process in our body. So it does more than just spike our blood sugar. The next one is processed meat. So lunch meats, hot dogs, different things like that. Again, look at the ingredients. A lot of those tend to have nitrates, different preservatives in them. And we really want to avoid that because our system doesn't like it and it tends to inflame it. Red meats can also be on the inflammatory side. So you might want to look at how much red meat are you eating. Trans fat. So again, this is a great one to be looking at your label to see if there are hydrogenated oils or partially hydrogenated oils. Again, those are super inflammatory and we really want to avoid those. The next one, it goes with some of these other ones I said, but I just want to point it out is different condiments like ketchup, barbecue sauce. They're going to have sugar in them. So I do use a barbecue sauce, but I use one that has very little sugar in it. If I was on top of it, maybe I would make my own. But you really have to read those labels because some of these foods that you think wouldn't, they do have lots of sugar in them. Spaghetti sauce is another good one. You have to read your label on that. And as we're going through these lists, I encourage you guys to join my Facebook group, Healthy Beyond 40, and share what foods that you didn't know were inflammatory. So maybe someone else can learn from you. And also what your favorite anti-inflammatory foods are. This is a great group. I encourage you guys to come join it, post in it, and help us just spread awareness of healthy foods and encouragement to each other. There's going to be a link in the description down below where you can join. Now let's go on to some anti-inflammatory foods. So the first one is non-starchy vegetables. So starchy vegetables are things like potato or corn those vegetables that have a good amount of carbohydrates in them. So when we stick to those non-starchy vegetables like leafy greens, there's lots of phytochemicals in them. So phyto means plant. So plant nutrients in them that are very good for our body. The next one is fruits. And again, fruits have a range on the glycemic index from low to high. And that means how it's going to affect your blood sugar. So berries are low things like bananas and mangoes are going to be high. And so from a blood sugar standpoint, we want to make sure, especially if we're having those ones on the higher glycemic index, 
that we're having some protein or healthy fat first. But fruits are a great spot for those phytonutrients and especially those berries with those deep, dark, rich colors are going to have a lot of phytochemicals in it. The next is nuts. So thinking almonds, walnuts, cashews, things like that. The disclaimer here is really, again, look at your label because a lot of times they are roasting these nuts in those seed oils that are inflammatory. So we want to try to get the nuts that don't have oil on it. Salt's okay. So really look at the label. The next one is seeds. So think sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds. And again, the same thing with nuts. Look at your label. Watch out for that oil that they add to it. Another great product that is anti-inflammatory is extra virgin olive oil. You want to make sure that you are getting a high quality extra virgin olive oil that is actually extra virgin olive oil. So I am not an olive oil connoisseur, but the little bit I know is you want to make sure that there's like a peppery or fruity taste as you're swallowing it. That helps you to know about the quality. And olive oils can be made from different olives and so they can have different levels of polyphenols. So polyphenols help protect against inflammation. So they are in a lot of these veggies and fruits, the olive oil, the nuts and seeds. So we want to make sure that we're getting a good dose of polyphenols and olive oil is great for that. And just a little bit more information about olive oil here is that it's better to eat it unheated. It is a low heat oil, so it doesn't like to be heated high. It starts to break down. So you could use it with cooking at low temperatures, but that's why it makes a great for a salad dressing or sometimes on top of like I've done cucumbers with tomatoes and basil and I'll just drizzle a little olive oil on there. The next thing I want to talk about is gut healthy food. So our fiber in our fermented foods also really help our body to have less inflammation because a lot of things start in our gut. So our fiber is going to come from pretty much all these foods that we're listing above. And fermented foods like kombucha, kimchi, yogurt, if you can get one that doesn't have sugar and those other things in it can be a great source from that. And one of the best sources of anti-inflammatory food is fish. So as we've been talking about omegas, fish are very high in omega-3. And it's actually our only source of a couple of the parts of omega-3. There's only one type of omega-3 that we can get from these plants and nuts and seeds. The rest of them like DHA, EPA, we have to get from fish. And I also find this interesting. There's a range of this DHA and EPA, these important parts, these essential fatty acids that we need in different food, in different seafoods. So for example, wild-caught salmon, three ounces, 1.57 grams of that DHA and EPA combined. Canned salmon has 0.91, so it has less. And then shrimp, which is one of my seafood that I like to eat, I like to have a shrimp taco, has 0.24. So it's a lot lower than that salmon. So when you're looking at this and trying to make sure that you are getting enough omega-3, you have to look at the specific type of food you're eating to see how much it has because it varies greatly. And I encourage you that if you are not getting enough fish to get your levels up is to supplement. Most of us are going to need to. 
as I've said before, my levels are low. So I take a fish oil supplement that has polyphenols added so that it doesn't oxidize. So I'm not getting that fishy smell, that fishy burps. It just is much better. So there's going to be a link down below where you can find out how to test your levels and to check out the supplement that I have been using for me and for my family that we have really been liking. And most Americans are pretty deficient in omega-3. So unless you're eating a lot of fish that are high in omega-3 in this DHA and EPA, you're probably not getting it. And when you're eating that much fish, then you have to be careful if you're getting mercury and some of the other toxins that are in it. I've also seen that people who are supplementing with other oils may not be getting their levels up high enough. Because sometimes with the other oils, your body is not absorbing it since it has become oxidized and it doesn't have those polyphenols to protect and also to help with that absorption. So I encourage you to get your levels tested. That's the only way to do it. You can do it at home. There's going to be a link in the description. And this is one opportunity to really just continue to take your health in your own hands. This is something you can do. This is a really simple thing that you can have control over that can have a big effect on the inflammation in your body. And just a couple quick tips if you are supplementing with oil, because I never knew this before, is that you can use a little medicine cup. Like if the kids are taking ibuprofen or something, you can order these medicine cups on Amazon and you can put water in there. So maybe fill it up with so much of your water and then the fish oil that I'm taking, I pour that in the correct dosage that I need. And then I take it because it doesn't taste as oily because obviously between the fish oil and the olive oil polyphenols that they add, it's oil. And you may not like the taste of oil. It doesn't taste fishy, but this is a great way. So I'll take a squig of that. Then I'll add a little bit more water, swish it around so I can get all that oil and take one more drink of it. So if you don't want to take it off the spoon, that is a nice way to take it. It's also great for kids because you can just set this out for them for them to take. And also it's important to take fish oil at a meal because it is part of a food and it's fat soluble. So we want to eat it with other things to get the best absorption. And all this isn't quite a food. I want to add this here. So when we're thinking about decreasing our inflammation, I also want you guys to think about decreasing your stress because that can be very inflammatory to our system. So making sure that you're having maybe yoga or meditation or deep breathing or different practices where you can lower your stress. So for me, it's having time to pray, usually in the morning at night, also having time to journal, deep breathing, Allowing myself time to work through things. Sometimes I use EFT or tapping to work through an emotion or something that's happening that I feel stuck in. And of course, yoga, because if you guys don't know, I'm a yoga teacher and moving my body and deep breathing and having certain thoughts going into my mind is super stress relieving for me. I actually just created a custom yoga workout for one of my clients. She wanted a Christian yoga workout and I incorporated the scripture that she really liked. And she wanted this yoga workout for when her stress was high and she had a lot of things going on because that is when she tended to emotional eat and just mindlessly eat. So I created this workout for her using the scripture she wanted and certain poses 
that she really enjoyed. There were poses where she felt really grounded that she wanted to add, poses where she felt very safe. So it was super fun putting this workout together for her. So it's just a good idea to have these things that you can relieve stress because it all adds to our inflammation too. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys are taking one piece of this information and actually implementing it. And any links will be down below for you guys to check out. So keep on moving and keep putting yourself first in your health.